Hey, hey, everybody. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Just a Moment with Mila. I am your host, Jamila. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Today is Monday, May 23rd, and I am back with a new episode, and it might be a long one. So if you guys are ready, let's roll. All right, gather around, folks. I got a story to tell. So last week, I saw this image um, of a passage from a book called I'm Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. The author's name is Austin Channing Brown. I have not read this book. I just saw this image. Um, The passage that is underlined in this image reads as follows. When you believe niceness disproves the presence of racism, it's easy to start believing bigotry is rare and that the label racist should be applied only to mean-spirited, intentional acts of discrimination. The problem with this framework, besides being a gross misunderstanding of how racism operates in systems and structures enabled by nice people, is that it obligates me to be nice in return rather than truthful. Now, the reason why this is important to me is because over the past maybe three, not even three months, I would say less than less than three, maybe a month, maybe two months, <laughs> something like that. Um, I befriended a white couple, and we are on opposite ends of a lot of different issues, right? We are on opposite ends politically, um, some things morally, you know, value-wise, things like that, right? So um, the husband posted something on, on, so the, on the social media site where we became acquainted. And it was very all, it was very all lives matter, right? And so me being who I am, I made a comment that said something to the effect of, of it being frustrating that um, the way in which white people tend to use all lives matter it's used in a way to kind of dismiss um the things that black people go through which is why the phrase black lives matter exists in the first place is to highlight and bring awareness to you know the injustices that black people endure within our communities and um his response was very, you know, this isn't about race. This is about class. But I mean, you know, my thing is they kind of go hand in hand in certain situations. Right. So um, I didn't want to go back and forth. I didn't want to argue. So I just deleted my comment. Right. Um, You know, I said some other things about, you know, uh, just in general about how black people are treated in this country. Right. And I, but, but like I said, I didn't want to go back and forth. So I just deleted my comment. 
And so he informed his wife and about our exchange. She reached out to me and mind you, prior to the, up to this point, rather, she and I talked more than I did with him. So she knew um, more about me than he did. And it wasn't, and she, but she still didn't know a whole lot about me. Um, she she knew what most people who are not that close to me know. And, you know, just things that make me who I am and, and why I think the way I think and, you know, the things going on with my health and with regard to spina bifida, things like that, right? Just real um, things that I don't have an issue telling people. Um, and so when she reached out to me about this particular exchange that I had with her husband, she, you know, wanted to have a conversation about the different things that I've seen and heard, um, both personally and just around me with regard to, um, racism and racial injustice and, you know, things like that. So, you know, I told her some stuff about things that I've seen and, you know, things that I've experienced and things like that. And the way that she responded to me was very, you know, Black people aren't the only ones who go through things. And it was very, it was a very all lives matter response. And, you know, one of the things, one of the points that I was trying to make to her was when Black people say Black Lives Matter, it doesn't mean that we we think that nobody else's lives matter. I have a personal feeling that um, a lot of times when Black people try to highlight um, injustices and the different things that Black people go through, everybody else kind of piles their issues on top of ours. Um, and ours get stuck at the bottom. So everybody else's issues get dealt with first and we're kind of left to deal with our own on our own. And that was, you know, my main point in this particular conversation that I was having with her. So, you know, she went on to talk about the different relationships that she's had with black people, both platonically and romantically. And, you know, she's talking about how nice she's been to Black people and, you know, how a couple of Black people she knew who came here from other countries, you know, they came with nothing and they made something out of it. And, you know, it was a very, if they can pull themselves up by their bootstraps, why can't everybody else? It was, you know, it was like that, right? And um, so... At one point, like I said, she was talking about the relationships that she um, had with some Black people, and she mentioned a relationship that her husband had with a Black woman prior to meeting her. And she was talking about the experience that the experiences that he said he he saw. He said he saw things like shoplifting and drug abuse and government handouts and child abuse and things like that. And she labeled these things as black culture. I didn't say 
that what she said was racist, but I said what she said was offensive. And um, she turned it back around on me to make it seem like I was internalizing what she said or that I was triggered by what she said and things like that. And I wasn't. I wasn't, you know, triggered, but I, I, I felt like I needed to let her know that what she said was wrong. You know, I, again, wasn't trying to call her racist, wasn't trying to say anything bad about her. I was making her aware that she needed to change what she said. And it just spiraled. It spiraled into her throwing back in my face everything personal that I ever told her. And it spiraled into her saying that I never told her anything personal about myself, like, like you know, whether or not I had siblings, and which is a lie, because the first thing that I told her was that I was the youngest of three girls. So, you know, either she doesn't know what girls are or she can't count. Like, one, you know, one of the things. It, she was very, you know, reactionary, and it was hurtful. And what I realized was that she was gaslighting me this whole entire time during this whole entire conversation. It was nothing but gaslighting. You know, she made it seem like, you know, me saying that what she said was offensive was me being controlled by the media me not thinking my own thoughts or, or, you know, the media telling me how to feel about this, that, and the third. And it just, it hit me that she was gaslighting me. So this particular episode is going to be about gaslighting. It might be a little long, um, but, you know, I feel like I need to talk about this because there are people out here who will gaslight you about a multitude of things. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about what gaslighting is, um, the signs of gaslighting, some examples of gaslighting, and what to do um, when someone gaslights you. All right. So sit tight. Again, this might get a little long, but Sit tight and um, hang around with me, all right? I'll be right back. Okay, guys, so we're talking about gaslighting today. And so um, what is gaslighting? So gaslighting is essentially... Um, psychological or emotional manipulation um, when someone tries to make you question your thoughts, your perceptions, your beliefs, your opinions. Um, they make you doubt your decisions. They make you, um, they, they, they tell you that how you feel about a thing isn't really how you feel about the thing. Um, they pretty much try to find ways to make you think you're crazy um, or to make you think that you're not, you know, thinking what you're actually thinking, which is essentially calling you crazy. 
Now, why do people gaslight others? In my humble opinion, it's because it's it's, it's basically a form of control. It's about power. Um, the gaslighter does the manipulating because they think the other person is afraid to lose the relationship they have with the manipulator. Um, the manipulator has something over them, some some sort of control. They have something hanging over their head, whether it's, you know, monetary or, um, you know, whatever it is, they, they have some sort of control over this person. And, um, if the person is not careful and if they don't recognize that they're being gaslit, that person's control can really like, wreak havoc, you know, on the, the, the victim's life. So, um, what are some of the signs of manipulation? One of the first sign is called withholding. Withholding is basically, um, ignoring what a person, what the person being gaslit is saying. Um, it is making it seem like they don't understand what the person being gaslit is saying. Um, they'll purposely try to accuse uh, the person being gaslit of trying to confuse them with what they're saying. Um, and like I said, it, they'll try to make it seem like they don't understand. So that's one that's one sign of manipula or of um, gaslighting. The second sign is lying. And you know that's pretty much self-explanatory. It's it's, it's um lying about, you know, saying something that or not it, it's 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 basically them trying to act like they aren't doing what they're doing or that they're like, they're not saying what they said. Um, so that's number two line three countering, um, countering is basically when they make claims that something that actually happened didn't happen, or they'll make stuff up that never happened. Um, and this is a tactic to try to confuse the person that they're gaslighting to try to throw them off, to make them feel crazy. So that's number three. Number four is denial. They'll deny that they, you know, never said something that they, that they actually did say, um, or, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tactic to, again, confuse or discredit the person's mind or thoughts, right? So that's denial. That's number four. Number five is di diversion. Um, they'll change the subject or they will turn things around on you to make it seem like you can't think for yourself. Like I said earlier, this woman 
that was gaslighting me was making it seem like I was getting all of my thoughts, feelings, and emotions from the media, as opposed to, you know, seeing things with my own eyes and experiencing things with my own life and forming my opinions based on that. Um, so that's number six. Number, I'm sorry, that's number five. Number six is triv. Uh, <laughs> trivializing. I'm sorry. Number six is trivializing. And that is basically accusing somebody of overreacting or making them feel like their feelings aren't relevant or that their feelings aren't real. Um, and so she was kind of doing that to me as well, you know, making it seem like black people don't have it as bad as they do or, you know, somewhere someone has it worse. It's, it's that kind of thing, you know. Um, and it could be true, but that doesn't mean, you know, that things still aren't bad. You know what I mean? So that's number six, um, trivializing. And the last one is apologizing, excessive apologizing. Now, this one is different because it's not the gaslighter who's doing the apologizing. It's the gaslit who's doing the apologizing. So um, the the gas lit will make, I'm sorry, the gas lighter will make the gas lit question themselves so much to the point where they start apologizing to the gas lighter for feeling the way they feel. Or they start, you know, apologizing in general for feeling how they feel. They feel guilt um for you know for feeling how the the gaslighter made them feel so that um or they apologize to other people on behalf of the gaslighters you know to on behalf of the gaslighter or making excuses for their actions basically saying you know well she's not that bad she's just whatever going through something or she's you know whatever it is, making excuses. Um, so those are seven signs that a person is um, a gaslighter or seven signs that you know you're being gaslit. Um, if you experience some of these signs or you see some of these signs, then you can do these seven things um, to make sure that you deal with it. So the first thing um, that you should do when you feel like you've been gaslit is to make sure it's actually gaslighting. Um, it, it Gaslighting isn't always, you know, abrupt or always violent or always in your face or obvious or whatever. Sometimes it's real subtle, but at the same time, pay attention to uh, what the person is saying may pay pay attention to how often it happens if it's a constant thing if it's a constant feeling of you know confusion or um you know feeling like you're crazy around this person chances are they're gaslighting you but it, it needs to be a constant thing right um so that's the first thing make sure it's actually gaslighting number two run it back Okay, if you feel like somebody is gaslighting you, 
um, recall conversations that you've had with that person in the past, in the recent past. Um, think about the things that that person has said to you in the way that they've said it to you. Um, think about the things that specifically make you feel some type of way. Um, you know, keep keep a, a record, if you will. Keep receipts of the interactions that you have with this person that you feel might be gaslighting you. Um, that's number two. Number three, get support. So surround yourself with people who know you. Surround yourself with people who know your capabilities and your abilities. Um, they know your heart. They know that your mind is in the right place. That kind of thing. Because the gaslighter will make you question everything. So surround yourself with people who know you, who know your heart and can affirm you. And to, you know, confirm that you're not crazy. Like the gaslighter is trying to make you feel like you are. Okay, so that's number three. Number four, be gentle with yourself when you realize that this person is a gaslighter. Like I said, well, did I, I don't know if I said it earlier or not, but um, when I realized that this woman was gaslighting me, I automatically felt guilty for being vulnerable around her. Because like I said, she threw everything personal that I ever told her back in my face. And to make it seem like I like I deserved, you know, whatever it was. And I felt guilty for for being vulnerable. And this is why, you know, like I said, I don't mind telling people, you know, certain things about myself, but this certain this situation has certainly made it clear that I need to be more discerning about the details that I give people. Um, you know, even in my desire to have close relationships with people and develop, um, you know, bonds with people, I can't, I have to be mindful that I, I just can't do that with everybody. And um, so that was the good, that was a good lesson for that that particular thing. So that's number four, be kind, kind to yourself, be gentle with yourself. Number five, create boundaries. Boundaries are so important for your peace. Okay. If you, you know, need to limit your interactions with people who make you feel this way, do that. Okay. Um, you don't, have, you don't necessarily, if you don't want to cut that person completely off, you don't have to, but if you, but you need to create some sort of boundary um, that will allow you to stay sane, okay? And, but keep in mind that not everybody respects boundaries. We talked about that last season. Um, and so when when people don't respect boundaries like this woman, um, you know, in, in this big, after this big fight, I guess, if you will, I told her I needed a break from the conversation. I didn't want to talk about it, you know, at that moment. And she responded to that with making it seem like I was acting like a child and that I couldn't handle tough conversations. So she didn't respect the boundary that I didn't want to talk about it anymore because she kept trying to egg me on. I didn't respond to that. 
Um, but it was just interesting that she was trying to, you know, that, that she disrespected my boundary. And so, like I said, I didn't respond to that. And that's number six. Walk away if you have to. Disengage if you have to. You don't have to respond to everybody who's trying to pick a fight with you. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to give people what they're looking for all the time. So if you need to walk away, then do that. And finally, number seven, if you need to distance yourself completely from people, it's okay to cut people off who cause you harm. It's okay to cut people off who disrespect you on a habitual basis. Like you have to make sure that you, you know, take care of yourself. Sometimes cutting people off all the time. Well, I shouldn't say all the time. A lot of the time, cutting people off is a form of self-care and you got to do what you got to do. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, So those are seven things to do um, when you feel like somebody is gaslighting you. I know this was a long episode. Thank you all for sitting tight and listening to my rambling, but I felt like this was important um, to let people know, you know, don't allow yourself, don't allow people to gaslight you and to minimize, you know, your feelings about anything because your feelings are valid. Um, What you think matters, how you feel matters, and you have every right to, you know, not engage with people. You have every right to feel, you know, like if somebody's disrespecting you, you have a right to feel that way and you have a right to say it, Um, you know, and it's not your responsibility to deal with how they take it. You know, your only responsibility is to do what you can do, control what you can control, and let God deal with the rest. All right? All right. 